Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here with an amazing panel today. And we are going to discuss healing the mother wound because I know many of us, not all of us, but many of us have chosen challenging parental relationships that frequently leave us with psychological conflicts, wounds, holes, and that sort of thing. And it can become very challenging, especially around holidays like the upcoming Mother's Day, uh, when you have a rift with your mother's relationship like this. Now, before I get into introducing all of my amazing panelists, I would like to invite you to get your pen and your paper. I have a feeling you're going to need it. There are going to be some good nuggets that are going to come out of this conversation, and you're probably going to want this phone number. Uh, We have a line set up to take your calls. Uh, to answer your questions live. If you have a particular question you'd like to see answered by our panel, that number is 866-472-5795. And here are our wonderful panelists. The first is Dr. Chinwe Okuda. She is a family nurse practitioner, a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, and a certified master life coach. She's gone through many challenging life events, including rejection, domestic violence, and abuse, and she's overcome it all. She currently leads various nonprofit organizations and runs a thriving private practice called the Balm of Gilead Health and Wellness Center, where she and her team help individuals with mental health challenges and body image needs regain their lives, their self-confidence, and get back on track to doing great things. Our next panelist is Ellen Feldman. She has been on a journey through medicine, law, and psychotherapy to arrive where she is today. Her spiritual path, which began when her mother was dying of cancer, has been as winding as her professional journey. For many years, she was a victim until spiritual counseling opened her eyes to a new way forward. She began to see her life and all that was in it as a gift from God. Her intuition grew and her spiritual gifts came online, and she began hearing, knowing, and seeing God and God's messages. Her work as a therapist, which has always been informed by spirituality, has now evolved into an entirely spiritual practice. Our next panelist is Carrie Hummingbird. She's a soul guide, a channel, and an embodiment of white Eagle, an ascended master who specializes in rainbow light activation of the human DNA. She is the founder of the Skills Not Pills movement and the host of Soul Nectar Show. Carrie inspires people to lead their lives wide awake, and she catalyzes mind shifts that transform life challenges into gifts of wisdom with her Reinvent Yourself programs. She is the international best-selling author of The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, and Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love. And our last but not least panelist is Dr. Nicole Dolan. She is a depth-oriented psychologist practicing on the Central Coast of California. She holds a PhD in depth psychology and a master's degree in counseling psychology. Nicole describes her life's work as centering around the gap between psychology and spirituality and is currently authoring her first book about the meaningfulness inherent in all things. Welcome, ladies. I'm so excited to have you here with me today. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Yes. 
I'm one of these people who chose to have a challenging mother. <laughs> and I, I think I'd like to start with this first question, which is, do you believe that we choose our mothers? And if so, what, what do you bring to that uh, from your own experience? Who would like to start that one off? Don't all jump at once. <laughs> Carrie. I'll hop in there. Yeah. Well, my latest book is Love is Fear is Healing the Mother Wound for a reason, you know, because I was prompted to to do that journey. And along that journey of discovery, um, I'd already kind of gotten the hit that uh, our parents, we chose them for our, this lifetime incarnation. Uh, that was one of my first spiritual teachers informed me of that. And of course, everybody in the room of like 70 adults groaned because nobody wanted to hear that. <laughs> it's like, why would I do this to myself? <laughs> yeah, like you mean I'm responsible for choosing this? No. And, <laughs> the thing I love about it is that uh, the more that I deepened into that acceptance of that and became curious about it instead of complaining about it, what I ended up finding was evidence along the way of the perfect synchronicity of my mother's path and my path. And one of the tools I use for that currently with people is Gene Keys. Uh, Richard Wright has done some amazing work. And the thing I love about it is it reveals our shadows, the shadows we came here to really move through to claim our, our gifts and to move into that divine state. And when I look at mine compared to my mom's, I can see how her shadow of struggle her shadow of provocation. It was my training ground for how to learn how to speak from love, how to detect the nuances, how to, how to read the energy and feel things, how to w use my voice in a way mm -hmm. that's, that's neutral in order to, for my message to land. She was my perfect training ground. So I used to resent her for that. And now I'm like, bless you, mom. Thank you. I see the truth. And thank you for doing the service for me. You prepared me. Yeah, absolutely. I know the first time I ran into the, you chose these events that are showing up in your life. I did that same groan, but what I came to discover on the other side of that, right? Because the first thing that springs to your mind, if you've come from my parents' household is, oh God, I'm getting blamed for something again. But if I found, if I could shift that on its head and say, okay, I'm going to accept response ability now I have something I can work with. It doesn't mean uh, that no one should have compassion for the situation because obviously it's difficult for both parties. Um, but at least if I accept responsibility, I'm, I can write the and then of that story. I'm no longer the victim. Who else has something that you'd like to share around choosing your mom, Ellen? <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you that it's not about blame. I know that a lot of people hear that, you know, that we chose not only the people in our lives, but the event in our lives, and it feels like victim blaming. And, and the problem with that is that's oriented around having a victim mindset. And what, what I find so empowering, rather than blaming about believing that we chose our own parents, that we chose our own mother, is the way in which that allows me to slip into a state of gratitude. Um, and that was the biggest game changer when, you know, as you said, I, I lost my mother when I was quite young um, and I had a difficult relationship with both of my parents in some ways. Um, when I did spiritual counseling, 
and, and learned for the first time that we chose, that our soul chose our parents before coming to this life, it really allowed me to step into a state of oneness and to adopt the view that everything happens for a reason. Whether we can pinpoint that reason through past life details and connect dots in very clear ways that these are the things that my soul needed, these are the life lessons that I came here for, or whether it's more of an amorphous, this is just what I needed. Exactly. Without, without pinpointing it. Yeah, that, that's why I love starting with a soul contract reading when I have a new client coming in, because it opens the door to why. <laughs> why did I pick this challenging mother? Why did I pick this relationship with my father? Uh, because it, sh it uncovers very clearly what lessons you were digging for when you made that selection. So in your experience, why do we choose uh, challenging mothers? Ooh, Nicole. <laughs> oh, I feel raising my hand to answer that question. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's such a big question. Um, but for me, I think what we're talking about is the personal lessons with that. At least we're starting there, right? Which is, you know, I am who I am because of the experiences that I had. And the piece that I want to add to that too is, which I'm sure we'll get into, is this idea around inherited um, family trauma or inherited mm -hmm. family schemas. And I noticed this when I was pretty young, new into the field of psychotherapy, probably about eight or nine, 10 years ago. Um, I noticed, and now I have the spiritual terms to also speak to this, um, that women and men of our generation are the ones that are standing up in these patterns, right? These ancestral or multi-generational patterns and saying that this trauma, this abandonment, this wound, whatever it is, this ends with me. Yes. I mean, I'm the last one that wants to live in generational poverty. I will break the cycle of child abuse or whatever the thing is. Do you have some insight you want to share, Chinwei? Yeah. So what I want to add to that is that in as much as like, I've always had the opinion that we don't choose our parents, but it's, <laughs> kind of, it's kind of refreshing to hear that we choose our parents because I've always had that opinion that we don't make those choices. It's the universe and it's how God wants it. That's how I see it because I believe in that. For I know the, I love the scripture that says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I love that a lot. So I always believe that when it comes to parenting or who your mother is, it's not about you. It's about the plan for your life. Mm -hmm. So that plan or that purpose for which you're here, determines who you come through because they all work together to shape who you were. So you had to come through that mother that you came through because of that assignment upon your life, you couldn't have come through a different mother because sometimes when we are going through things, you're like, why me? Why did I have to come through this mother? But yes, that's the perfect mother for you, for that perfect assignment upon your life. So there's no wishing out of it or, or like regret, like why does she have to be my? Because I hear that a lot from my clients, like why do I have to have this kind of a mother? And I would love, I'm like, you had the perfect mother for the perfect assignment that you are here for. And the moment you accept that, that is not by a mistake. You, your parents are not an accident. It's a perfect parent for your perfect situation. Once we can accept that, then that kind of 
tries to change our perspective to how we see our parents, our mothers, and the wounds that we have and the resentment that we have towards them. That's my little um, input on that part. I like that. You're muted. I just muted myself. <laughs> so thinking about um, our mothers and some of the challenges that they present for us, um, how, how to put it, um, is this something that's really specific to our personal experiences or is this a more archetypical kind of thing? Um, not just you personally being mothered, but being mothered by the universe. And how do we go about healing the, the wounds that we gain as part of our upbringing? Because it's not always deliberate abuse. Sometimes it's a, a misinterpretation of actions that were taken by adults in our lives. Uh, that our three-year-old brain couldn't quite wrap her head around. And so we created a story around it. Who would like to take that on? Chinwei. So I would say the first part to healing from that wound is by dealing with the resentment. Because one of the things that happens with the wounds that come from mother, motherhood is you develop this resentment towards that mother. I remember early on in my practice, I had this client that came and she's an only child. And I was trying to go into her history, the life events that has happened that led to where she is and the, the, the sadness that she's experiencing. And she mentioned one thing about her mother and the word was, I hate my mother. Mm. I'm like, okay. Um, first of all, not just as a mental health provider, I'm an African woman of first of all so once I heard that word the African in me kicked in because <laughs> to me that's a taboo word to say that you hate your parents so because for us as Africans it doesn't matter what your parents do your parent is always right so to hear somebody clearly say I hate my mother and she meant it with all her heart all mm -hmm. her so you see that resentment about hating her mother so I kind of first of all would say to deal with the resentment. What are the issues that has happened? Can you try, first of all, to see what led to that? Because sometimes it could be not to the mother. The mother is doing the best that she could as a mother. Um, I, I don't honestly believe there's a mother that sets out to be wicked or mean to their children. But sometimes there are things that happen. Sometimes it could be that they are addicted to some drugs, or alcohol, or they have some mental health condition going on. So with this very particular client, when I started digging deep, I realized that her mother had bipolar disorder. So, oh. so when we started going, I'm like, you see that? Like there are things that are leading to her behaviors. It's not just because that's what she wants to do, but she has a mental health condition that is affecting her behaviors and her actions towards you. So you first of all have to begin to deal with the issues, the reason behind her actions, why she's behaving in such a way that she's mm, behaving. Yeah. That will help you to deal with the resentment you have. Because if you can understand the reason behind her actions, shift into some compassion. Factors, then you can move into that compassion yeah. mode to understand that it's not what she wants to do, but the condition that she's found herself is making her act that way. Beautiful. Nicole, do you have something to add to that? Another angle yes. on that. 
Yeah, I was just going to add to it. I, I agree with it fully. I also, as the trauma therapist, as a few of us are, right, I also have to think about the work that we have to do individually sometimes to remove the blockages around mm-hmm. ourselves that keep us from being able to experience that empathy, right? The places that we need to get to so that we feel safe and open to be able to, to recognize that. But as a whole, once we do some of that therapeutic work or energetic work or however it is that we choose to do it, I do think that absolutely that's the place that we're trying to get is that empathy, compassion, and understanding that this is the woman who raised me. Yeah. And sometimes there's a, there's a lot of shit you have to wade through before you get to the other side of that river. What do you have to add, Carrie? Yeah. I just wanted to add that it's really important. A big part of the beginning journey is to have sovereignty and independence and understand yourself and your role in, in your own life, because there's a danger of fawning with the mother, like fawning and, and bypassing a lot of really difficult topics in order to like be loyal and protect the mother, even when the mother's being abusive. And so it's really important, like the first step is like to lean into that discomfort of, of telling you know, that, that fear of telling on your mom yes. and get through that, you know, that stage so that you can find your own truth in the middle of your life and, and start to see um, the truth that you lived by up until now, because that was your mother's truth that you were living through, because we all associate so strongly with our parents when we're first born. So it's like that shifting identity. Yeah. Nicole, what do you have to add? I love that you bring up fawning. Um, I'm also thinking of, and in some of my personal experiences, the collapsed mother, right? The one who we feel like, I actually used to believe at points in my life that if I did confront my mom or I did tell her how I felt, and it wasn't that I wasn't confrontational. I was crazy confrontational when I was younger. And then I got into my like twenties, thirties, and I was like, Oh, okay. I don't want to, you know, ruffle her feathers. Um, and it went right back to some of the beliefs that I had of her when I was younger, where it's like, she's so fragile that she will absolutely die if I tell her how I feel. Um, so I'm thinking of that when you bring up fawning and, and the many reasons why we have to do so much inner work, I think, before we go into that place of empathy and, and acceptance. Yeah, exactly. I know my own mother is, is very challenging to have some of these conversations with her because she immediately jumps to, oh, well, everyone blames the mother and da, 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 da. It's like, it's not about blame mom. <laughs> it's, it's about, I need to put this out on the table and understand where you were coming from in this experience as well. So we can put it to bed. <laughs> You're on mute. Absolutely. I was just saying, right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So this has been fabulous discussion and we're already up on our first break. So if you're out there listening to us uh, with your pen and paper, first, you want to take down the number 866-472-5795. If you have a challenging relationship with your mother, if you wonder why does she do that, uh, go ahead and give us a ring and uh we will answer your personal mother question for you. Again, that number is 866-472-5795. And while we're on break, I would invite you to use that uh, pen and paper to spend some time with your relationship with your mom. Where, Where does it feel good? Where does it not fit? Where does it pinch? Where do you still feel raw or, or injured around things that happened in your childhood with your mother. And hang with us. We'll be right back. 
This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to tellzofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A dot com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. In a Realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Find us at innerrealmmagazine.com. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm here with my amazing panel of healers, Ellen Feldman, Nicole Dolan, Shinwe Okudo, and Carrie Hummingbird, and I'm so glad we are back from the break. I'd like to kind of follow up on that thread we were following when we left, the very sensitive mother, the one that's hard to talk to about these things. How do you deal with a mother who's very sensitive to criticism about what happened in in your childhood? And how do you tell her from like an actual narcissist? Ellen. What I really work on with my clients is coming to the idea that everything that we need for forgiveness and healing resides inside of us. So for the mother who's really sensitive or bordering on narcissistic with whom there just wouldn't be a reparative, likely to be a reparative element if we reached out to them and tried to do our healing work in conjunction with them, I really try to hone the idea that forgiveness doesn't depend on the other person recognizing our pain or even being ready to apologize or take responsibility for it. That forgiveness, which I see as intrinsic to the healing process, is about liberating ourselves from the burden of holding on. 
Yeah. So whether, whether we clearly define our mother as being sensitive or narcissistic anywhere on the spectrum where it wouldn't be reparative for us to engage them with it. I I think that that's, that's the focus that I try to hone in on with the people that I work with. Well, and I love that because that also works for mothers who are no longer available to have a conversation, right? Who've, who've disappeared from our lives or passed on or, or whatever the situation is. Um, Jinwei, you had a comment. I just, I love what Ellen said, because um, I love the fact about forgiveness before you even start trying to talk to that mother that doesn't want to hear anything criticism about themselves that believes they're the perfect mother, whatever they're doing, it's okay. We first of all have to get into the mode of forgiving, even before attempting to have the conversation, understanding that you're not forgiving the person, but it's about you. You are forgiving because of you, because you have to let go to be able to open yourself up. Because when you've already forgiven, it doesn't matter what they say at that point, because you already made up your mind to forgive them, not because you're not forgiving because it's okay for what they have done or that they are right, but you're forgiving for your own self, for your own sanity, you're letting go. Then it makes it easy to look at, to still step back into that place of compassion, to look at them that they need help. Because when you have a problem and somebody is trying to point out the problem and you cannot see that you have a problem, that means that you really need help. And if you've already forgiven and you've stepped into that place of compassion, it makes it easier to deal with the frustrations that comes with you trying to express your heart and your ill feelings about their behaviors. And they're not trying to listen to that. So that's a great way to go to learn to forgive. But what are your insights around forgiveness, Carrie? I know you've done a lot of work around this. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was blessed with a mom who would not um, apologize or accept responsibility, right, for what I was saying was the problem or what I was feeling or so angry about and did get really, you know, you can imagine I'm out, I'm speaking on the circuit, I'm doing all these things. That's a lot for any person to bear like their child is doing, right? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you're making it ask. all public, girl. My mom is pretty much a super. <laughs> Whoops, you just muted yourself. My mom really dealt with a lot, you know, with me going through my journey as a messenger and as a healer. And so what I want to say is that what I realized is um, I, I received those blocks of people not like claiming responsibility or being accountable for my version of things because I needed to face that that was my reality I was creating. I love, I want to go back to what you said earlier, where you said like something could happen when you're three or four or five, that's beyond your comprehension. You don't understand it. Like we were in some very traumatic experiences, one to five with a, with an alcoholic stepfather. Mm -hmm. And so those things that happened in that context, they, they wired my brain a certain way. And so then I started perceiving things in a certain way. And my story of who my mom was, was being built based on that snowball effect, you know? So what I had to do is I had to clear my own stories. I had to clear my own resentments, my own um, anger, all of the things that were just boiling under the surface that my mom could do nothing with that. Honestly, there was nothing this woman could do with that. It was my job to clear the slate. And once I did, what happened now on the other side of that is my relationship with my mother. I can actually see who this woman is without all the baggage. Mm, Like mm -hmm. she's my sister. She's my mother in this lifetime, but she's my soul sister. She's my sister. She's not an authority over me. She's my, my equal on earth. And that's what we're really missing in Western culture 
is the transition, the, uh, the initiation into every person becoming an authority, a sovereign being side by side, even with their parents and their grandparents and everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's what we've missed. So this is an artificial structure keeps in place and then nobody ever grows up. Oh, yes. We got to grow up. This is our time, you know, and I mean that in the most loving way. Uh, Now, we've kind of brushed around the edges of forgiveness here a little bit. Uh, Let's get the answer to a how-to question. How do you forgive someone who has really wounded you, who maybe abandoned you as a child or was emotionally or physically or sexually abusive to you? These can be really deep festering things how do you approach healing something that's got that level of energy around it ellen i i suspect that all of us may have very different answers you know based on what we do to come at this question for me inner child work is is one of the most powerful ways of approaching forgiveness because the wound typically arises in childhood. And if the wound originates in childhood, the healing, you know, the, the child is the gateway to healing as well. Um, so if there was abandonment, let's say, going into that inner child and meeting that child's need for safety, meeting that child's need to be seen and heard and understood and held and loved unconditionally is, is to me one of the most powerful ways of accessing all that's inside of us to be able to heal our own wounds. Mm -hmm. And as the healing comes about the ability to say, I forgive again, as, as I I think you said, Sophia, and I'm sure, I'm sure others said as well, not the same as saying it's okay. That's right. We're, We're taught in kindergarten that they're almost synonymous and I don't accept that it can never be okay. And yet we can forgive. So, so to me, to me, it's one of the most powerful avenues to, to coming to a place where we can forgive. I love that. Nicole, how do you recommend moving towards uh, forgiveness? Because we've got a lot of different people out there and I think having all of the different hows is going to be helpful because some will resonate with one answer more than another. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm kind of piggybacking off of what Ellen said. I also, as a psychotherapist, do a lot of inner child work and really honor that work. Um, I'm thinking too of somatic, working somatically. And so as I say this, I'm like, how do you tell somebody how to do this on their own? This is something that I think you often do reach out to a therapist or a guide um, yeah, for, yes. some of, for some of this help, right? But the somatic yeah. work is going in to the body to find what, whatever it was, trauma is something that we weren't able to integrate, rather, whether it was from this lifetime or another, as we're now finding, um, even if you don't believe in past lives, we're now finding that inherited family trauma is passed down in the DNA. Mm -hmm. So wherever that trauma is stored within the body is often what we need to access so that we can bring ourselves to a place where we are able to regulate enough care for ourselves enough, go through the journey. Like we're all talking about the individual work that we need to do before we get to that compassion and forgiveness. And then I do believe, I would say too, that, you know, doing that work imaginally, whether it's through guided meditation or even maybe with an energetic um, healer or through inner child work, I think that a lot of that work is done imaginally. And maybe you do that work by say writing mom a letter 
um, and then ritualistically burning it or ripping it up and burying it. Um, but either way, I think what we're all really coming to and speaking to is the importance of doing that individual work. And then once we've released and we've also worked through the trauma that is keeping us a, a burden, right? Like it's keeping us blocked from the mother, then we're able to step into that compassion and empathy. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's blocked from connecting with our own children or our own body in a lot of, it's amazing where these blocks pop up, but I love that you brought forward uh, working with someone who can hold space for you, because I think there is an important component of having your pain witnessed. Uh, Chin Wei, you had a how you were going to share with us. <laughs> okay, um, I love what everybody has said. These are very great and helpful tips to help to forgive. But one thing I just want to add here is um, to develop a realistic expectation because when this hurts happen, we all have this expectation of our parents that they're going to be there to protect us. They're going to be there to love us. They're supposed to be the ones protecting us. Okay? Then you turn around the same mother or the same um, parent that you've expected to protect you be, is now the one exposing you um, to danger and mm -hmm. um, to, to hurt when they're supposed to be protecting you. One of the keys is to be realistic and understand that humans are still humans and yeah. they are bound to err and they're bound to disappoint. And when we can have that in our, at the back of our head, understanding that they're human beings and human beings are going to fail you at some point. They're not perfect because they yeah. is your mother doesn't mean she's a perfect woman. She's going to make mistakes and yeah. be willing to understand the mistake. A mistake has occurred in cases whereby they admit that they've made the mistake, sometimes they don't admit. They have thousand and one reasons why they did what they did, but understand that they're humans and reduce that unrealistic expectation that yeah. you hold about them being perfect and not being able to do any harm. That kind of helps to lead to that forgiveness that we're trying to arrive at. Yeah, exactly. Carrie, what, is, what are some of your hows around coming to forgiveness? Yeah. I love it. So in, I think there's there's a holistic approach, right? Like the understanding it cognitively is important. That's an important piece. And a lot of what needs healing is subconscious. It's in the subterrain, right? So it's right. in our inner child work, reparenting. And so to get at that, sometimes we have to get outside our minds. Sometimes being in our minds keeps us from the very information that would heal the situation. Mm -hmm. And we can deny all day long that we're still resentful. Like I, so many times I said, I've forgiven her, I've forgiven her, I've forgiven her. And then I hadn't because I got around her and I was still pissed off. So yeah. how could I have forgiven her if I'm pissed off the moment I see her and she drops into one of the patterns? It's not accurate. I'm not there yet. Yeah. So the goal is like, for me, the goal was unconditional love. So how do I get to that goal of unconditional love for my mom? And I will do anything it takes to reveal to myself where I'm in resistance to unconditionally loving her. And in order to love her, I got to love myself unconditionally, right? That's the number yes. one job. That's number one. So it, I use a lot of tools for that, including a lot of subconscious work, a lot of energy medicine, a lot of healing, as well as practical things like, let's say, the goodbye letter, you know, like, mm -hmm. let's just end the relationship as it has been up until now. 
and release all the stories and not tell those anymore and start to see what might come in next. Mm. You know, it's like, let go of it up until now. We're such consummate storytellers and our stories are constantly creating our reality. And people show up according to the vibration of the story that we're, sh- we're holding in ourselves about who they are. They show up in response to that energetic. So if yeah. you want something different, you've got to be different. And a, a deep dive tool on that, of course, is plant medicine. So, you know, for me, like the plant power is like a good teammate, you know, in getting past this human consciousness that wants to stay in the victim consciousness and in the story. Yeah. And in the, the vibration of what created it, I, I find for myself that I'm better at forgiveness and being all right with stuff that has gone in the past and releasing that stuff. Um, but the closer I get to the person, the more it has a tendency to like pop back up and pop back through. It's like, oh, there was another button under there they discovered. <laughs> that I didn't realize was there. <laughs> uh, so it's like this iterative process for me. Uh, we are coming up on our next break. Do you have two seconds you want to add into that, Nicole? Yeah, it was very simple. I was just going to say it reminds me of Ram Dass's quote when he says, um, you think you're enlightened, go home and spend a week with your family or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it will show you exactly where you're not. <laughs> so true. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious sakes alive. So if you're out there listening to us, I'm going to repeat the phone number. If you would like to get a question about your mother answered to, on today's show, you can call us at Hang on, where did the number go? There it is, 866-472-5795. And we will be pleased to take your question about your mother. Uh, and if you would like to just chill over the break with your pen and your paper, I would like you to um, spend a little time around what are your buttons, because your buttons lead you to the next place you need to maybe do some work. So spend some time. Identify your buttons, and we will be right back from the break. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know, how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. 
Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Rodeo Morales. I am still here with Carrie Hummingbird, Jinwe Okuda, Nicole Dolan, and Ellen Feldman, my amazing panel of healers. And we before the break, we're discussing forgiveness and taking steps towards healing some of the wounds that we carry from our childhood. Um, I know for myself, I mentioned before the break that when I get close to my family, when we're all sitting around, for example, the Mother's Day brunch table, (laughs) buttons tend to get pushed. And sometimes it's buttons that I've forgotten are even there. So I would like to understand from you guys, what are some of the strategies? If you're in your healing process still, if some of this stuff is still pretty raw, what are some recommendations you make for taking good care of yourself as you're going through this process? Okay. Um, so I, I love the discussion so far. I mean, we all have great insights and it's very, very uplifting to hear what each and every one of us have to say. So like, um, part of what we've been saying is that we are imperfect and so is our mothers and so is our family. And they all have, like they say, there's one in every family. There's always going to be oh, one. Oh, sweet Jesus. There's always one <laughs> in every always, family. There's Sometimes be, there's more than one. <laughs> yeah, there's more than one in most cases. So, And one thing that I found that has helped me, uh, like my family, we have a family forum. And it's like, sometimes you wake up and it's like, hell is letting loose. And the first impulse is going to be to respond. But one thing I've found out is that when, let's say we're sitting in a brunch or something, take a moment to count from 10 down to one mm-hmm. before opening your mouth to say one word. I've seen that it makes a whole lot of difference because once you want to respond at that first impulse of what button that they have pressed, you're bound to say some things that you're going to regret. Oh. So if you can take that moment, take a deep breath, and start from 10, 9, down to 1. By the time you get to 1, I'm telling you, whatever they have said, whatever burden they have pushed, the percep- perception that you have about it has begun to change. To and shift. it will help to change how you respond to that button that has been pushed. So that's my okay. little tip on So that. Let, let's go to like shifting that voice in our heads. I know a lot of us carry a very mom sounding voice in our heads. It's quite critical. <laughs> Carrie's like, yes, down here. 
<laughs> how, how do we start to reprogram that voice? So while we're counting down from 10, we're not going, and I'm going to hit him with all the guns and <laughs> blow him out of the water. <laughs> so, you know, this is really fun because this is the process, right? Like the healing process is, is the process of, of countering these triggers. So I like to think of them as Velcro. So whenever you find one of those trigger moments, instead of being dis disappointed, be like, okay, cool. There's another, there's another piece of Velcro. I'm going to remove that Velcro as soon as I get home. You know? <laughs> so it's like, all right, I'm triggered by that thing. Good to know that still gets me. And then do your spiritual work on it. Do your practices. Like if you don't have practices, you know, you can use fire, for example, you can burn it in the fire. You can, there's a lot of things you can do. And I'm sure everybody here has suggestions. But so release that thing because it's the ongoing work of making it safe inside that makes it easy to be around family members or anybody really who's in their moment of their story, of their <laughs> concepts, their opinions, their whatever, that they're just expressing their state of consciousness. And if it's rubbing you the wrong way, then that's something for you to look at in yourself. You can do that healing work ongoing and the more safe you make it inside, the more you can be around anybody in their moment and not take it personally. Exactly. And I think that's really the key, the four agreements. Don't take it personally. It was my biggest life challenge. It's oh, yeah. like <laughs> what my mom is doing or saying is not about me. It's about her idea of me or her idea of herself. It has nothing to do with me. Absolutely. Now, what is your favorite way to release things? Because I know early in my spiritual journey, I a lot of what was happening for me felt really sticky. And it, there, I would get this advice, well, release it and just let it float away. You don't understand. It's, it's like hot, molten, sticky sugar. <laughs> Releasing it is not going to do me any good. <laughs> Ellen, what's your favorite release? My favorite release is quite simple, but deceptively simple. It's, it's writing with a stream of consciousness style of writing and then burning it. And it's really the, it's not writing like writing in a journal, writing in a journal where things are immortalized, where things need to make sense and be legible and be sanitized in a certain way is not what I'm implying by what I'm talking about. I'm talking about letting all the, uh, the ugly, the dark, the <laughs> everything that resides in the shadows out. And it doesn't need to be wrapped in a bow and it doesn't have to sound spiritual or uplifted or uplifting or you just have any it, kind of grammar <laughs> or any kind of grammar. It can be written in marker or crayon and bleeding onto the other side of the paper towel. Cause I don't even recommend doing this on paper because man does paper towel burn better than, Oh paper. yeah. It burns a lot better than paper. <laughs> so I'm, I'm telling you when you, when you truly release your throat chakra and let the, your full expressive self shine through and then watch it burn, burn something energetically shifts. Absolutely. And I think that's a beautiful thing to do after you get home from the brunch where your buttons have been all stomped on. <laughs> how, how do we get through brunch? Now that we've sat down, everybody's had their little mimosa and we're starting to eat and the button pushing begins. How, how do we na navigate that, Nicole? So I think it's a lot of what Dr. Chinmay, you, you spoke about too, is, is taking a moment before we react. Right. And I think that's one of the practices that we get used to 
practicing when we're doing our inner work is, is working on that reactivity, but also being able to be really present and mindful, paying attention to what it is that happens inside of my body when this trigger happens. So I keep kind of bringing it back to the body and the trauma piece, um, being the, the psychologist and in that realm. Um, and, and I love that. Oh, hang on. Let me mute you for a second so I can. There we go. <laughs> There's this echo happening. Um, I love that you keep coming back to the body because we do hold things in our body and we've been trained to ignore them. Oh, it's just that neck ache again. It's just that my left knee gives me grief because of, you know, fill in the blank, whatever reason, but there's always something behind that. And I love that you're encouraging us to pay attention to that. Yeah. Sorry. My, my button went out. Um, yeah. So, so I'm also thinking too, and I, and I can speak with a little bit of transparency. So I'm still somebody, I love listening to everybody speak here. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm still on this journey. Um, I'm still in my thirties and still working through it. Um, and, and in some ways there are places where, where that's, there's that compassion, empathy, and acceptance that can come in. And there's all the cognitive work that you could possibly imagine already done with it. Um, what, what comes up for me now is actually a trauma response in my body that I'm still working to release psychologically, energetically, and spiritually. And so I'm thinking of polyvagal theory, which basically is just the idea of us going from being in a parasympathetic state to a sympathetic state in our nervous system. Where Explain what that is for the people out there who haven't had the $10 psychology course. <laughs> <laughs> so polyvagal theory basically talks about the idea of fight, flight, freeze, and you had mentioned fawn as well, Carrie. So basically we are either in a sympathetic place in our nervous system where everything, or I'm sorry, it's parasympathetic when we're when we're in a rested place. So we're either in that ventral vagal. So it's like a relaxed kind of state are we talking about here? Able mm -hmm. to connect, feel calm, safe. Um, we're able to connect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be calm and connected in that place, right? When we're in a dorsal vagal state, that's when freeze comes in. Our body is freezing. We're shutting down. We're feeling shame. We might be dissociating. However, it is that we're dealing with it. Yeah, it feels like everybody's eyes in the restaurant are focused on us. Yes. Right. Right. And then when we're in our, um, and I feel like I'm on the spot, so let me think of these. Um, when we're in our sympathetic state, then then we're in that place of fight or flight. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so my reaction might be reactive. Like I want to fight. I want to, I want to react to that. Or yeah. I, when I get to one, I'm going to give it to him with both barrels. Right. When I get <laughs> or to I'm going to get up and, and book out to the car and not talk to anyone. <laughs> exactly. Or the flight response comes in and, and exactly. You want to just book it and, and get out of there. So, so I'm speaking about that as being a trauma response that shows up in the body. And when that does, we're in that trauma state. We're not able to do the cognitive work with it or think about even, you know, empathy, compassion, forgiveness. We actually have to work with the body in that place. We have to work to regulate ourselves just so that we're okay. And we're reminding ourselves that this is now that was then. And if this is a safe situation, because you are at brunch with mom, we're just at brunch. It's just brunch. 
Yes. <laughs> Remind yourself it's just brunch. It's just brunch. One of my favorite things to do when my body gets like up in that really hyper adrenaline and we've got to go, there is a point right below your shoulder, your collarbone in the front. Um, it's in that little soft spot over there. I will tap that and it acts to calm me down and to bring like the adrenaline down out of it so I can move back into a state where I might actually be able to finish brunch. Right. <laughs> As opposed to having to book it out of there. Carrie, what do you have to add? Yeah, I love that Nicole is bringing this into the body. It's like so right on. And it's really that for me, it's been tapping into that bigger than me, that that space that's bigger than me to make it safe, like Mother Earth. I spent a lot of time with the earth, a lot of time with nature, inviting this consciousness into my reality. And that calms my body down, learning how to like place your hand over your heart, your hand over your belly, like restoring yourself to balance. The more you can practice that, the more you can be that open channel for everyone to feel safe. Because what I started realizing was that I was cultivating greater skill with like heart math, for example, talks about this, like we can have our heart wide open. And the more we hold that space, the more everybody around us attunes to that love vibration. So we, you know, I think that for me, it was a big pivotal moment when I realized, oh, I get to be the loving mother presence in my mother's life. That's me. So I'm like learning all these things. I'm the one called to study. I'm the one called to get energy medicine. I'm the one called to, to learn all these things and to be the spiritual mentor. That is my role to bring that to myself and then to emanate that to everybody around me, including my mother. And then there's an entrainment that happens when that heart math is open. There's an entrainment and then everybody can relax. And when people are relaxed out of fight or flight, they behave very differently than when they're triggered. So this is like, like the next level. And then there's all the things you got to counter like, well, is it really my job? I, I, she's my mom. She's supposed to, you know, she's supposed to do that for me. Right? <laughs> yes. I, I have a client who does that a lot. Why am I the one that has to do this? Because you're the one that's you're got the, the insight, baby. <laughs> you're the old soul in this situation. You're the one here to do the work for, you know, <laughs> your family line, the buck stops with you. <laughs> yes, exactly. So um, I guess I want to ask one other question, right? Because right now we're assuming we're dealing with uh, what I want to say, relatively centered and balanced people. We're not dealing with the extremes of like a borderline personality or narcissistic personality. What are your, your words for someone who's coping with a parent who's at those extreme edges of, of uh, what I want to say, vindictive intent? I've got a hummingbird outside my window. The hummingbird says hi. <laughs> uh, who would like to take that one on? What do you need to do to keep yourself safe, Nicole? I was just going to start the conversation by very simply saying boundaries. That's something that we're absolutely working on and towards. If we're going to have a relationship with the mother and the mother's not able to have a relationship um, for various reasons, but if she has, you know, the borderline or the narcissistic personality and there is anything malignant about that, or it's just going to be too difficult to connect with her in the way that we may wish or need to, then we need to create boundaries and figure out what type of relationship we can have with her. Yes. 
do we have to draw the line at going to brunch and just send her a card and flowers <laughs> and call that good enough? <laughs> we may. Exactly. <laughs> okay, Carrie, you got 20 seconds to wrap okay. this one up for us. I want to just put a little seed in the water here about that and just say that, you know, we already talked about these being ancestral patterns. And so there's whole ecosystems that keep things in place. So whenever there's one person acting at an extreme, there's an entire ecosystem keeping that extre that extreme in place. Mm. And I think I think one of the things I find challenging in some of the psychology talk around boundaries is the shaming of one person. And so mm. we, we need to be careful about that and see that there's actually an entire family system that's supporting a certain dynamic. And if you're aware of it, like I said, you're the old soul. If you're aware of it, then it's your job to do your piece to disrupt that pattern and to bring more love. Okay, beautiful. Thank you, ladies. This has been such a wonderful discussion today. I appreciate you bringing all of this to us today. Um, before we go, I would like to just talk to the listeners out there for a second. Uh, and I would like to invite you to share with me, how, how was this panel discussion for you? What did you like about it? What did you not like about it? Are there other panel discussions you'd like to see in the future? Are there people you'd like to see on the show? Drop me a quick line to askzofia at transformationspace.co and let me know because this show is here to serve you and to help you along your spiritual journey. So I want to tailor it to what it is you need. The email again is askzofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A at transformationspace.co. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 